Leah, hi. Hi, Sue. <laughs> you know, nobody really knows my intention in having this little time with you just to connect. You know what it is? I don't even know it. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. And what I've learned is most podcasts that are done in groups, many of them are done by men. And there's this podcast called My Favorite Murder, and it's two women. This podcast hopefully has nothing to do with it. All of our guests are in good stead, we think. But the two women, when they get on the podcast, they're just wonderful together. You can tell they love and respect each other, and it just makes me so happy. And when I listen to all the guys doing these riffs, it's always about like, what's your level of tea, man? And how long can you spend in your cold plunge? And it makes me crazy. So I don't want to talk about those things. <laughs> Great. Cause I have no idea what that first thing meant. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to another episode of the Hey Sue podcast. This is a live coaching podcast. And here's the thing that is another thing I want to tell our listeners. You ready? It's a good place for it. We are getting a lot of emails from you. Thank you. We love it. We're getting texts. We're getting emails. We're getting comments on social media that are private that say things like, I feel like I was right in the middle of a coaching session, exclamation point. And I took two pages of amazing notes exclamation point. Here's what we would like. This is not a secret, this podcast. It's not private, just for people who know us. We would like lots of people to feel this way about this podcast. Exclamation point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so if you're having that thought, feel free to share it publicly with other people. Tell them, use social media, send an email with a link about something you liked or a clip that you like. We're happy to talk with you about it too, but we would just really love that. Anything else to say on that? No, that was it. Keen. All right. We are joined by just one of our favorite people, David Secunda, who is a serial entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur here in Boulder. And I just wanted to share my favorite thing about David Secunda, which is that he and his wife, Carmelo Weber, do amazing things in the community. And one of the things they did is they purchased a quite exhausted home and it is the Hannah Barker house. And Hannah Barker is known to be the first female entrepreneur here in Boulder, Colorado. And they brought this house not only back to its original glory, but back to, I think, an entirely new level of glory, very true to the time. And they've used it as a community gathering point for entrepreneurs, for conscious leaders, for all sorts of people. And I just want to say one more thing about this, David, before we come to you, which is that the coolest thing, my favorite thing they've done in their house is that they welcomed a class, the first class of Merge Lane female entrepreneurs to their home. There's a famous photo taken on the stairs of this home of women entrepreneurs in Colorado and men, but men who supported women entrepreneurs. And we remade that photograph with all of the Merge Lane Accelerator cohort. And thank you for welcoming us. And thanks for doing that, David. Hi. I'm so pleased to be here with both of you. And I wish your listeners could actually see your beamingly smiling faces, because when you were riffing at the beginning, the love that you share between each other is so clear. It just percolates up. It gave me a warm feeling inside. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting to be here in this seat, uh, in, this, in this process as, as we go forward. As you were sharing a little bit about me, I was already feeling like constriction inside, like embarrassment or, uh, you know, just like a smallness. So um, I want to kind of lead into this by just setting my intention for our time together today, which is really to share fully and vulnerably 
um, to come forward kind of in an unadulterated sense, sharing what comes up as it comes up and to let go of any perfectionism um, desires I have and to just show up with humanity and vulnerability. Ooh. So I think that's a beautiful intention. And when I hear it, I also imagine there's a part of you, maybe the one that felt constricted and small, that wants to show up perfectly or wants to be seen a certain way and that your intention in some way may be overriding something. And I'm just curious if that constriction or that small one had a thing it wanted to say to be included, what that would be. Hmm. Um, well, thanks for that invitation. You know, when I, when I actually just get quiet and I listen to the voices inside, there's actually two of them. And one is that small one that is saying, just tone it down. Don't be too much, you know, just walk the middle line. It's one of the things I'll bring forward in an issue that I bring up uh, as, we, as we go forward. And then the other voice is this shining, loving, energetic, be all you can be voice that's just like jump out in front and, and share all that you are. Um, and so it's a little bit of a, a tug of war back and forth. It's not just one thing. Yeah, so one idea would be just before we even get started is just to allow both. Well, I guess we've already gotten started. Yeah, I think we start, I think we got started. Feels <laughs> like we got started. The voices inside say we've gotten started. <laughs> well, I heard you say tug of war. And so often we all experience these sort of seemingly opposite things as intention with each other. Like either I can be free and big and creative and leaning in, or I can be humble and quiet and hold back and it's one or the other. And what's more true, and you can see it in the way that you described it, is they're both true. That there's a part that wants to shine and there's a part that wants to honor a, a smallness or we haven't even dug into what that might be. It actually sounded a little critical the way you articulated it but I believe it's coming from a good place, that voice that says, don't be too much. Hey, Dave, can you, I wonder if you could just go into that persona a little bit more, the one that is worried about being too much, that one versus the ebullient lover of all humanity guy. So could you just go into the other guy for a minute? And does that persona we'll call that a persona. Does that persona have a name or could you give him a name? Uh, tiny. Tiny. Mm. And just for now, and those of you playing at home, you can come up with a persona like this, a persona that's on the inside that may be just tamping things down now and then when you start to get very successful or you start to get bigger, whatever that means to you, there may be a part of you that settles you down to a more comfortable level. That's a little bit about how I read tiny. Um, so Dave, I'm going to ask you to do this. Can you just be tiny, not, not be tiny, the adjective, can you be tiny, the persona? Mm -hmm. So can we just talk to him for a minute? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. 
So, and we're going to talk to him about you. We're going to talk to him about Dave, but you're going to be him. So that means talk like him. You might sit like him, use mannerisms he might use. So Tiny, what do you want for Dave? I mean, my job is just to protect Dave from the dangers out there that he's not even aware of and just to guide him along so that he's safe. Tiny, do you know when you showed up in Dave's life? Uh, well, I think I've always been here, but I think I came to my greatest strength in middle school. <laughs> and, and Tiny, do you remember like, um, Dave is laughing. Do you happen to remember a time where you felt like, yeah, I got to show up for my man, Dave right now. Is there a memory? Mm. Well, I think I remember sometimes when I didn't show up and what went wrong. Uh, and, and so the, the need for me to kind of really lean in and that goes like all the way back to when Dave was in grade school, going to a new school and, uh, he would say things or do things that attracted attention to him in his effort to connect with other people or make friends. And so many times it just didn't go well and he ended up getting really hurt. And so, you know, that's kind of where I sharpened my skills of, of keeping him safe. Was there anyone in Dave's life that you modeled your job after, Tiny? Anyone around that was also giving some of the same messaging to Dave or maybe giving messaging to somebody Dave knew that was similar to the messaging you give, Dave? Nope. No, it was really uh, learning by doing, just like watching Dave fail in these social situations when I just inch by inch formed my strategy of smallness. Oh, yeah. When Dave had these social encounters gone awry that you came in to protect, when those happened, what did Dave start to believe about himself? Uh, I think Dave started to believe that it's unwinnable, that there really isn't a path through of sharing and vulnerability that it's just safer to avoid and constrict. Tiny, there's a time a few weeks ago where Dave reached out after listening to this podcast and asked if he could perhaps be a guest on the podcast. Yes, totally against my advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. And after he reached out, I stepped in with such vigor and uh, constriction to immediately um, let him know that that was really a bad idea and to pen a long voicemail, which I think is still in his, I mean, a, a long email that's probably still in his drafted emails about parameters and all the things that I could think of to keep him safe. And against my advice, he did not send that email to you before the episode. 
Wow. Thank you, Dave. We'll come back to you. Thanks for sharing with us about okay. him. Yeah. yeah I gotta, and, and so gotta how shake, do you shake that guy off? Yeah. Shake Tanny. Although he's, like, he's still around. He's still in your drafts. <laughs> um, actually, I don't want to shake Tiny off. I mean, I feel like he showed up as a friend and an ally. Yeah, and I mean, I absolutely. I mean, in just listening to Tiny speak, like he really came forward with the, the intentions for my highest good of protection and and this, uh, you know, just avoidance of pain. Um, Tiny might not be of service as much these days as uh, as he or she was back in, in grade school and middle school. One question that showed up for me, and I don't know whether this is for Dave or for Tiny, but you mentioned dangers and maybe even just related to being on this podcast. What kind of dangers seem to be lurking? I mean, I think it's just emotional vulnerability and you know, vulnerability in who I am and, and, uh, you know, at the highest level, kind of an imposter syndrome, like, wow, if I, if I come on the episode, they'll know who I really am, uh, or they'll discover something about me that maybe I don't even know. And so that's the, that's the piece there. And what feels dangerous about that? If we knew who you really are. <laughs> Well, you know, the greatest protection I've learned in latter life is total vulnerability. And so, you know, some of these voices, they are just voices. They're just part of who I am. And I, I think in general, I sometimes listen to them, thank them for their perspective <laughs> and not necessarily follow along. So I don't know if there's like a grand secret that I'm hiding or something that people don't know. It's more of this generalized, like if I'm really authentic, you know, I might be too much. People wouldn't like me as a person or like me as a leader um, is, is kind of that underlying concern or fear. Do you have more concern about being liked as a person or more concern about being liked as a leader or are they even? Uh, more as, as a leader, I would say. And I just want to gut check before we, I'd like to dive into that a little bit more, but I want to check your intention is to share fully and vulnerably and to come forward with your humanity and some other things. So mm -hmm. if 10 is meeting your intention perfectly and one is not at all, how have you done so far? I'd say 9.5. Okay. And if there were anything, you don't even have to say it and you may not know it, but if there's anything, you know, that you have left on the field, or I guess it's the opposite that you mm -hmm. haven't shared or any way of being or anything that you haven't said that would take a 9.5 to a 10. Do you know it right now? I'll listen for that. Um, I don't know it right now. Cool. One thought I just had was I experience you honoring your intention and fulfilling it. So I'm wondering if you just have a habit of not giving yourself tens. <laughs> well, I actually tend to be a generous scorer. Um, <laughs> and so 
but it is rare that I will give myself literally a 10. Yes, there, there might, I, I, it's, yes, that is, that is true. I just, but I want, and I just want to remind folks out here that Dave shows up as vulnerable in this moment that we're having with him. And we actually have no idea what his 10 is. Just as a reminder, I mean, we we don't know what he's leaving out here. And so I, I, I do, I just want to say out loud that there's, there's, I, I'll speak for myself. I can use vulnerability as a manipulation to get people to like me or to think I'm more conscious or to think I'm abiding by my intentions better. And I have a fairly good sense, I think, of how to fake people out around that. And oh yeah. You're, yeah. you're a great faker. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, this is, it's such an interesting conversation and, and it does all circulate around this kind of issue that I want to bring forward if, if that's okay, kind of frame this yeah. a little bit, cause it's, we're, we're in the, uh, in the flow of this one. So let me just say a couple different things about it. And, and one of them revolves around my intention for this year, uh, big picture. And I had this opportunity about a month and a half ago to have this wonderful conversation with a 93 year old. And in that conversation, you know, she said, you know, David, basically my job each day right now is just preparing for my passing. And that's, that's kind of my focus in life. And she said, so every opportunity that comes my way right now, I look at it and I say, is this? Yes, yes, yes. And if it's not, it's no, <laughs> you know, and it, this, this is kind of like the, the full body yes from conscious leadership but it was so clearly a life and death conversation with her. You know, it was, it was really in a palpable way. I could just feel, feel this. Yes, yes, yes. For her. And so I picked that up as like, Oh my gosh, what a beautiful theme for me to think about this, this year that we're in um, with this theme of looking at everything that comes my way with this filter of, is it yes, yes, yes. Uh, And if not, it's a no. And so, you know, that's kind of one of these overriding pieces. Part of this, in order to show up with that full leaning in to the potential, what I see as like joy and fulfillment of this year, is putting down some stories that might not be of service to me anymore. And the stories that I feel like I'm ready to put down, one is the story of difficulty. Like, ah, I'm in a difficult business situation right now. And that's a story that I've been telling. And it is true. It has been difficult. But I've also used that story and it's self-perpetuated. And I've used it in ways to feel closer to people or to feel less privileged or to feel a connection in whatever challenge with other people. So that's kind of one theme that's going on. And the other one comes right back to what we've all been talking about is this, if I really show up with this, yes, yes, yes. If I show up in all of whom I am, am I too much? And, you know, when you asked, am I more concerned about, uh, you know, some of these things around my individual relationships for my leadership position, it is more about my leadership position because 
kind of the issue in general is I do get feedback that I am too much, you know, like I am in my current corporate situation, like a visionary and an innovator in a group of like highly skilled operational masters. And so uh, I'm, I'm kind of like a lone ship in that, in that voice. And often that creates friction. It, it creates challenge for those around me and for myself. So, you know, like kind of bringing this full circle, it really is about like leaning into this intention of this year of being fully all in for the ride. And as part of that kind of dropping some of these stories um, that are potentially no longer of service and including this one that I am too much and, and also avoiding like, a toxic positivity or a spiritual bypass and just saying, it's all good. It's all great. Everything's yes, yes, yes. That's my other concern uh, on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. I do think doing some welcoming around too much is interesting that maybe we'll we'll get to that. I, I have a couple questions about the dynamic you're describing with you as the idea per whatever I can't remember the phrase you use you yeah use visionary vision, innovator. vision person um mm -hmm. surrounded by world-class operators and I'm wondering if you're making the feedback the fact of the feedback or the friction a problem absolutely 100 percent yeah yeah well what, what would you I mean I'm just curious like what would you expect <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wouldn't expect anything different. Um, it is true. I think I've come into this environment after a really different environment. Uh, and I guess I just didn't expect to be in this, in this environment right now. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's unexpected. And I mean, I'm just thinking well, about the alchemy of vision with world-class operation, which is something, I mean, just as a, I mean, the way I think when I hear you say that is things sound perfect. The world-class operators are resisting your ideation. Sounds perfect some of the time, not all of the time, for sure. You have an environment of, and I'm not trying, I'm, I'm being careful. I don't want to do a conscious bypass either, but like this is exactly how that dynamic should go. I mean, if it didn't go that way, let's imagine the opposite, right? So it doesn't go that way. There's no friction. Everything's seamless. Likely, I imagine the other op options, I don't want to be too binary, binary, would be your vision just distracts a whole bunch of world-class operators constantly so that they're no longer world-class operators or new ideas don't happen. But the thing that you've been doing yesterday is still happening at a brilliant level today. Those are your other <laughs> options. I I hear you on those, um, like describing them as the like the the perfect ends of that conversation. The reality doesn't really unfold that way because there isn't perfect operations. I mean, that's you know also a, a an, an issue. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's like operations need innovation uh overall sure. and yeah. um and you know i i do have this thought about the way i want it to be that it's not 
which is that who I am would be welcomed with open arms. Like to, to give a little bit more context on this, last two companies I founded, I, I've, one I founded 20 years ago, one I founded 10 years ago that I've been leading for the last decade. And I just transitioned back to the first company and stepped back in as interim CEO. So I'm kind of back at the initial company. And I thought, I had this thought that I would arrive um, with founder street cred. <laughs> and instead, it's been long enough that I'm like the new guy on the block. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm coming in with really no history and no kind of credibility from, I, I would say, some of the things that I built, or, or at least not what I had expected to. So that's all just part of this story that I've been kind of carrying along in this one. But, you know, that's where they all kind of merge. When you showed up back in your first company and were received the way that you were received, what did that bring up for you? An emotion? A thought? Oh, totally. Yeah, complete sadness. Um, some feelings of like darkness and depression. Like I remember just feeling literally like I, I can use the word constriction externally, but I, I also would feel like a tightening in my gut in situations and um, like just a constriction inside. Is that sadness or that constriction accessible now when you think about being there? It is. It's it's less it's it's it has faded some but yes it's it's still there and do you notice there's wanting to get away from those feelings like resolve them or fix them or be past it oh yeah 100 <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. yeah so let's just call that resistance so mm -hmm. you showed back up at this company there were some interactions you experienced sadness, which is still here now, darkness, wanting to pull away. And there's resistance to those feelings, like they shouldn't be here, that they're in the way somehow. And is there any sense that this is personal? The fact that they reacted the way they did means something about you? Yeah, it's definitely personal. I mean, I should say, I take it as personal. Yeah. The story I tell myself is it is personal. Yeah. So I'm going to ask Tiny, because I actually think he's your protector. If he'd be willing to step aside a little bit to find out who Tiny is protecting in there. Mm-hmm. Does, does Tiny feel willing to step aside for a moment? Yeah, I can ask Tiny to step out of the picture. And he might jump back in because he cares about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's always, he's right there if I need him. <laughs> and, and I appreciate that about him. He keeps you from going too far or getting hurt, at least he thinks. So my question is, when you showed up and people responded to you the way they did, and sadness arose. What did you believe that meant about you? 
I mean, um, I took it to mean uh, that I was not a good leader, that I was not a good CEO, um, that I was not trustworthy, that I might not be up to the task, that I might be the wrong person. Yeah, that's a lot. So my my thought is just to pause for a second, because there's a part of you that actually believes all of that, that you're not a good leader, you're not a good CEO, you're not up to the task. Mm -hmm. And just for this moment, could you just allow yourself to notice that without running away from it or starting to try to prove it wrong? Just let it feel as true as it does. And as you do that, there probably is some resistance, not wanting to feel it fully. And just let that be here too. And so we're just allowing the part that's insecure, the one that felt so sad and that felt hurt, to be brought into awareness. It's not in the way, it's not a problem. This is a part of you and it deserves to be heard and held and felt. Probably don't want it driving the car, but it deserves to be in the system. What's here now for you, Dave? Well, I mean, this is a familiar feeling um, is one thing that's there. Um, and it is, <laughs> I mean, there's many different things. The other thing is just like humor. Um, there's this <laughs> incredible irony, like, oh my God, what a uh, freaking privileged perspective to be leading a great company yada 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 and um and to have whatever this other story is there and uh you know it, it's Leah it's not it's not like that part ever goes away you know I feel like every day almost every day I end my day with like compassionate self-forgiveness, where I literally go through this practice of like forgiving myself for judging myself as not a good CEO, forgiving myself for judging myself as inadequate in this role. Um, and it is literally a practice. And I mean, it's, it's helpful. I don't know if that source will ever disappear you know, that, that is something that I, that I do <laughs> to, to provide a little bit of, uh, of release on that. Um, and then also follow it up, like with the truth is, you know, what I do know that another truth to be in that same space. Dave, what is the benefit you get from, I understand that you finish the day and you let yourself, you release yourself or attempt to release yourself from all these judgments. But for the part of you that's making all the judgments during the day, including when you've talked about twice, just in this short time, which is privileged, uh, mm -hmm. that you are privileged. 
what are you getting from judging yourself all day long? I don't know, like a guise of humility, uh, a, um, I mean, what comes up is like, it's, it's safety. It's like keeping me in from, from again, not being too much, not getting out of my lane. You know, it's like the, it's like the, a governor that just like when things spin up to a certain point, the judgments come in to constrict or, or, or limit like the yeah, upper limit. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just wondering a little bit about an unconscious pattern that may be operating. Like it might be too much. And so I'm going to have an internal governor that's going to keep me humble inside myself. I know it may be a guise, but it's going to work inside myself. And then at the end of the day, I have a whole exercise where I have a new governor that comes in to undo the governance provided by the earlier governor by, by forgiving myself for all of the work the earlier governor has done. And I'm just wondering if if I, I'm thinking about myself in that system. You understand what I'm describing, yeah? I, I, not exactly. Okay, so so I wake. We'll do, I will. Let me simplify it a little bit for myself, so I don't get confused. Um, so I wake up in the morning, and I hold, and I wake up, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go chop up some rocks. That's that's what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna chop up some rocks, and I get in there, and I've got the rocks, and I have a couple hammers, and I'm super excited, and I sit down, and I start chopping rocks, and everything seems like it's going okay, but I'm like boy, I, I'm, I'm chopping rocks and um, seems like it's going pretty well, but I don't want to get too big for my hat. You know, I don't want to get ahead of my skis. So I'm going to judge myself on, you know, I'm not the best rock chopper or like I'm not the fastest rock chopper that ever lived. And by the way, chopping rocks is not all that innovative or groundbreaking. Oh, it is groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not innovative. <laughs> so, so, so I, I judge myself that way. Like, so, so it's an upper limit thing. If we go to kind of gay Hendricks. So I'm like, let me push myself down. So I stay humble about chopping the rocks. Then at the end of the day, I go back, I rewind the tape and I'm like, Sue, I forgive you for judging yourself as not being the best or the fastest or the most mm -hmm. innovative person all day long. I forgive you for doing all those things. If I had that whole system working every day, that is very self-fulfilling for me. Like I could imagine that I would lose track of what would happen if I just stopped judging myself in the first place. Uh, completely agree. Yes. And, and, I, and I mean, I feel like sometimes more often as I, as I age, I am able to land that more in the moment than as a uh, practice to wrap up the day, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's beautiful when I'm, when I'm able to do that and, and, and if, or when I'm able to realize it and, or share it, that's awesome, <laughs> you know, at, at the, at that point in time. That sounds Great. I'm glad to hear that. Do you want to talk for a moment about upper limits? Does that arise for you or do you not feel like talking about it? That isn't where my mind was at the moment. Well, where's your mind? <laughs> I was thinking about the fact that I hear so often our inner judges or inner crit critiques, crit criticizers, mm -hmm. 
they get vilified as if they're doing something wrong and therefore we need to forgive what they did. And what I'm wondering about here is how those judgments are sourced in a fear that you haven't even acknowledged yet, which is why they have to keep repeating that they're scared. They're not mean, even though they're also mean. Can you get, can you get dumber about that? Yeah. Can you explain that to a nine-year-old? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm figuring it out right yeah, now. I saw it. I'm listening. Um, okay. So in the breaking rocks example, let's now imagine it's multiple people. So there's a Sue that's breaking rocks. And then there's a judge that's standing over her, telling her all these things about how she's not good enough or it's not, you know, good. And then at the end of the day, she goes home where the judge isn't and gets consoled by someone there and then goes back to work and does it again. So my curiosity is why is that judge there? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> Leah, why is that judge there? <laughs> Can you just well, tell me the answer? <laughs> well, I think, you know, it might be interesting to be a kind of a wonder question, you know, one that you're not looking for the answer, but just to hold might add into that is to also offer curiosity. What am I scared of right now? And to give you a shorthand, this comes from the Sedona method. Very often what we're scared of is losing approval losing connection, some kind of security, like financial security. And I even heard you say it early on, there's a part of us that says, okay, well, as an adult brain, I know this isn't very serious, or I know this is an outdated story. That's actually a way to skip over the fear that's there in the moment that's real. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, I, a story comes to mind um, that kind of, it illustrates all the moving pieces of this. I wish I could say it illustrates ma mastery, <laughs> but it <laughs> illustrates kind of uh, a less rock breaking and more like this actually happened a few weeks ago. Um, I made a, um, a decision in complete opposition to my leadership team. Okay, so it was the first time I ever did this 100% opposition, and I made a different decision. And I really thought about it, and whatever, you know, I, I felt inside that this was the right decision. So I came out of that meeting and immediately went into another meeting with um, a new cohort of the company, um, a workforce accelerator. And I went into that meeting kind of raw from this experience. And I shared very vulnerably, like with this group, all the feelings that were coming up of self-judgment. Is it the right call? Am I too much? Like kind of all these things here, you know? And I went through that and then concluded the call. And immediately there was that voice of judgment coming in around that disclosure and um and like oh my gosh well first you were too much in that decision and then you were too much in your disclosure to this group of uh of employees here um 
you know, what an F up um, on, on both of those. Uh, and then almost immediately started getting emails from this group with just such positive feedback. Like, oh, I felt so close to you. I learned so much about you. This was like the most pivotal moment in our relationship with you, like from all these different people in that second meeting and this incredible uh, support and positivity when I did show up unfiltered, kind of without the in the moment judgment and, and letting that intervene. Um, and it was, and, and again, even in that, the third way was like, I read these, I was like, oh, that's beautiful. When I show up in my vulnerability, like the world reflects that back. And then immediately that voice of tiny came in and said, well, you haven't heard from everyone, you know, and then just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just whatever it may be. And so I do feel like I do get more reinforcement in kind of in leaning in, in these places that feel scary and vulnerable but all, all of it's going on in there. It's all going on in there. So we're getting to the end of our time. One thing I just wanted to offer you and for other people who have a similar experience is what I hear in that is when you shared and when you made the decision that you made and then you shared in the way you did, there's a fear, maybe it's a loss of connection of being kicked out of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's- yeah it's, it's, it's the same fear as on the playground in sixth grade where tiny came in, like literally you said that. And I pictured that same social situation and it's the same, same feeling. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So that fear, it's not solvable. It's nothing to do anything about. We get scared. We're going to be kicked out sometimes. So it's nothing to get rid of or get past. It's just sometimes the fear of being kicked out happens. Sometimes the key, the fear of running out of money happens or bodily harm. There are some innate fears that just arise. A thought is that's one reason your critic is coming up. It's trying to protect you from feeling that. But if that fear were just welcome, the little boy on the playground is here being afraid he's going to be excluded the judge will stop having a reason to show up if that fear is allowed to be felt whenever it shows up. I love that. And I I wanted to share for those of you who are listening, Dave clearly does a lot. Dave, you obviously do a lot of your own work. And I really have appreciated listening to you and how you're recording and noticing and being with your inner experience. And I just want to observe quickly that being on this line where you are attempting to fulfill, say, an intention to be purely vulnerable, available in all of your humanity, doing that is not necessarily for the faint of heart, that there is a way where you know you are doing it when it feels uncomfortable. And you can do what Leah is talking about, about doing the welcoming of the parts that are fearful or the parts that are in pain. And that's ninja work. And you could just notice like, I'm on the right track. This is evidence of vulnerability, this feeling. And by the way, the cycle that you get when you get those emails that say, this was amazing, you're amazing, buying into that, is just as perilous as buying into the inner voices that are telling you that you're terrible. It's all just the same. It's you Mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. That's beautiful. 
Thank you. Thank you, Dave, so much for being with us today on the Hey Sue podcast. And for those of you who have been with us on the listening end, thank you for sharing your time and your attention and also all of your reflections and all of your feedback. We are just so glad to be in this community with you and watching it grow together as we're all doing our own learning. If you, like Dave, want to reach out and then trigger your inner critic after you reach out about being on this podcast, feel free. You can either be identified or not identified on the podcast. It's up to you and we'll welcome hearing from you. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next time on the Hey Sue podcast with Leah Perlman from the welcomingway.com. 